0: You're listening to Fantasy Nightcap, a Fantasy Football Astronauts production, with your hosts, Fox and Shane. Welcome to the Fantasy Nightcap. Grab a drink, kick back, and relax. I will be your bartender for the night, Shane. And with me tonight is the final british guest of our british tour matt thornton
1: that is your last name right it is Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing tonight buddy i'm doing good thank you um i appreciate you uh, having me on I, I like to think you've saved the best till last by having having myself on after kev richard wardy so yeah i'm looking forward to it
0: i may or may not agree with that uh <laughs> let's
1: let's just put it this way
0: i put the toughest challenge on you so that's well, what i think of you uh, I, uh, I appreciate that, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, tonight, um, per request of a, a friend in one of the Nate Hamilton uh, private group chats, we are going to talk about late round rookie sleepers. Because the guy, his name is uh, Dynasty Fan on Twitter. He basically said he's tired of hearing about people's top 24 <laughs> and all the studs in the class. And I was like, you know, I was planning on having you on for this episode anyway, Matt. Okay. But since he requested it, I was like, I got to get it out. <laughs> so we're talking about late round rookie sleepers. We're still pre-draft, so some of this could change um, based on draft capital and, and landing spot and things like that. But we're talking late round rookie sleepers. I'm super excited because I know you've been putting a ton of work in on this in the offseason. Um, that's why I wanted to have you on is because I feel like you are – the Astros expert on these sleeper guys. So we're going to dive into
1: those. But first, we're on the nightcap. So what are you drinking, friend? Right. So I thought I'd go kind of in between Kev and Wardy's level. So obviously, Kev, he had water when he came on. And Wardy had gin, uh, maybe one too many gins. I think he went on mute and (laughs) dropped his laptop. He dropped
0: his laptop at one point.
1: (laughs) So I thought I'd go somewhere in the middle. And actually, I've got quite a, quite a cool story behind the drink I've got. So it's, it's a milk stout, which is, which is like a Guinness, but it's from a brewery that's in Bristol, which is obviously in, in the UK and England. But the, the way I got my hands on this drink is that I'm in a league, actually, with somebody who works at this brewery. So he kindly sent out twenty-four bottles of the all the different beers that they have at this brewery. So there was IPAs and, and pale Whoa. ale's so a really cool way that I've managed to get to try all these different beers. I'm not usually somebody that drinks drinks like this. So I do actually have a, a Budweiser at the side of me just in case this one doesn't go down <laughs> too well. But yeah, so I've got I've got a milk start with me today.
0: Awesome. Very cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm a I love Guinness. Um mm-hmm. I don't drink it enough, but I, I love a good Guinness. Me too. Um, and you, you got lucky, Matt. You have the uh, the host of the nightcap that's not going to judge you for having a Budweiser. <laughs> um, if it weren't 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I might grab a Budweiser with you. But nice. it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and <laughs> me and the family are planning on going to the Children's Museum after, after this episode. So um, with that being said, I love your story. I love that you're drinking a, a milk stout. Yep. Now let's do what we brought you on to do. Let's talk some football.
1: <laughs> okay, let's do. All it. All right,
0: so I've broken it down by position um, and cu- tried to take like the top five, depend top five, top ten ish people um, based on ADP and just kind of what I've seen on Sleeper and and other websites, and go past that and and pull names from that list. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll start with QB. We've got I've only got four here. I've got Ian Book. Kyle Trask, which I've got a question mark by him. He might slip into there, um, into that top tier, but I don't know. Felipe Franks and Davis Mills. Um, so I got three questions for you, and we'll, we'll just rattle these off and, and get chatting. So who has the chance to be a starter year one out of these four guys?
1: Right. So I've gone for Davis Mills on this one, the the Stanford quarterback quarterback. Um, Obviously, he's only played 14 games for Stanford, but he is a former five-star high school recruit. He's obviously got great size at 6'4", 224 pounds, and I think he's got bags of potential and, and a really solid arm. Um, he was stuck behind KJ Costello for, for most of his mm-hmm. first two years. Um, so, obviously, we didn't get to see a whole bunch of him, but he was the starting in 2020. Obviously, we know the season was disrupted with the the whole COVID situation, but he finished 4-1 yeah. and one in the games that he played, and, and he led Stanford to the Rose Bowl, so... I think um, he performed he performed great in 2020, and I just think he has that that untapped potential that we, we've yet to see. Um, as I say, with him with not playing that many games in college, so I just think if he lands in in the right scheme and and with the correct coaching staff, I think he, he's got a chance of being a, a potential starter in the future. Gotcha, um, and we saw what KJ Costello was able to do once he transferred out.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, my question with you and this feels kind of like a loaded question, I don't mean for it to be, but you mentioned the 14 games that he started. Is that correct? hmm So uh, another QB that recently came out also only started 14 games um, and was actually taken very highly in the NFL draft mm-hmm. is Mitch Trubisky. Yep. Does the lack of experience with Mills concern you that he could end up like mm-hmm. Trubisky? Because, like... Side note, I think part of the problem with Trubisky is he isn't as exper- like, he doesn't have as much experience as people think. Now, yeah, now he's got three years in the NFL. He probably should have improved a little bit more um, than he has. But I just think that you've got to, like, there's got to be some kind of, I guess, I can't think of the word right now, but shaping your co- offense to your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we've seen when Trubisky is able to roll out of the pocket and whatnot, he succeeds. Um, So what, I guess, what kind of offense would you run with Davis Mills to set him up for success because of his lack of experience?
1: Yeah, so I think, as you said, with him not having that experience, we don't want him going into a a complex system somewhere where he's going to struggle. To be honest, I don't think he's going to be a a starter right out of the gate. I I, I don't think any of these guys that that you've listed, Shane, uh, have got a chance really of being a starter straight away. I just think with somebody like Mills as I say, I just see that potential in him. I think he just needs that coaching. Um, as you say, with, with that lack of experience, he's going to be making mistakes. He's, he's shown in the past, he's he, he does make some mistakes, but he, as I say, I think a, a four and one, um, a four and one record in 2020 shows that he does have the the capability. So I'd like to see him somewhere where he could maybe sit behind a starter. I mean, somebody like um, Tampa Bay sitting behind somebody like Brady, obviously one of, what about Atlanta? Maybe yeah. If or at, don't, exactly because
0: because yeah. I think that brings up an interesting question: Is Atlanta taking a quarterback at four, or are they gonna hold whoever wants to move up and get the fourth quarterback that's left hostage and move back, and then maybe take a quarterback later?
1: Yeah, that's my feeling, Shane. I think I think they will move back. I think they'll use that pick to to gain some leverage in maybe later drafts. Um, as you say, I think they'll move down. Potentially, they could move down a couple of times, I think, if if somebody like the Broncos want to move up to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They could then think again, let's move down again and, and get a bit more capital. So, yeah, I think that could be a landing spot for somebody like Mills because, obviously, we know Matt Ryan. We, we don't know how many years he's got left in him. Um, and I think they do need somebody that's capable to sit behind him if anything were to happen to him or if he struggles totally. next season. So somebody like Mills, I think with his, his build is obviously very similar size to somebody like Matt Ryan. Um, yeah, I think, I think that could be a great spot for for Mills. Yeah, no,
0: I like that a lot. Um, and that I just honestly pulled that off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> anybody else you think could be a starter year one or we'll say year two at the latest?
1: Yeah, so I, I do have a, another special mention, and I know my friend Kevy, he's not going to like this one because he absolutely can't stand this guy. That's Jamie Newman, the the Wake the Wake Forest quarterback. Um, obviously he opted out in twenty twenty after transferring to Georgia. Um, yes, he is another guy that's had limited time in college, only playing those nineteen games, and he is he's an older quarterback at twenty three years old. Um, but I just think again, he has that potential with the right coaching. I do think he has that potential. Obviously, we know his rushing ability. To me, it reminds me a little bit of, of that Cam Newton build and, and with that rushing ability that he has. And, and I think people forget that he was one of the favourites for for the Heisman Trophy only a couple of years ago. So he was obviously well-regarded at one point. Things haven't played out well for him. That whole situation with... Well, I think it was more down to, to the COVID situation, but yeah. um, that whole situation over at Georgia, I think it's just made people forget about him a little bit. So he would be another one of my little, little sleep as a quarterback that could potentially be a starter in the future. Okay, I like that one. I think he was a little higher
0: in ADP. That's why I didn't include him in this list. Um, another person in that similar range was Kellen Mond. Mm-hmm. I love Kellen Mond, but yeah. I didn't include him in this list. I know, Kev, list. Kev loves him
1: as well. That's our argument. I think it's Mond against... Mond fame Newman for, mean, for me. Yeah, Newman, that, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, no, and, and we could probably talk about that a little later too. Um, or hell, let's talk about it now. So, like, why... Why are you Newman over Mond?
1: If I'm honest, there's not a lot in it. I will say there's not a lot in it, so I think that's why. Whenever Kev brings it up, I, I struggle to get into a deep argument with him because I do actually like Mond. I think they've both shown potential, and they're, they're both pretty similar players, aren't they? Obviously, we know that they have both got that rushing ability. So in fantasy, yeah. that that's what we obviously what we always look for that little little extra that you get with that that floor when it comes to rushing. So I don't think there's much between them. I just think that Newman just has that little bit more potential. We've not seen as much from him and I'd rather take the gamble that he's got that little bit more behind him that we've, we've yet to see.
0: Totally, totally, totally. Okay. Um, I mean, I like Mond just because like, and I, I haven't studied Newman enough to really know. I know he was highly regarded and there's the weird transfer situation and then opting out and all that crap. Um, I, I'm not worried about that. I don't think that should affect his his status, but I just like Mond because he's always won at mm-hmm. um, at Texas A&M. Yep. And I know people will be like, winning's not a quarterback stat. No, <laughs> but they help a lot when it comes to winning since they touch the ball yep. in every single play. Yep. And it's the um, mentality
1: as well, I've said. With a quarterback, exactly, a if, winning quarterbacks, um, it's tough to stop.
0: Exactly. Being able to will your team mm-hmm. into a position to win or get them into a position where – They have a shot to win, I think, is an important, intangible uh, skill. Um, Okay, so next question for these kind of sleeper quarterbacks is who's going to be a perennial backup?
1: So I've gone for Ian Book for this one, the Notre Dame quarterback. Um, Three-star high school recruit.
0: I don't hate that. You know I'm a Notre Dame. I know
1: know you are. That's why I had to be careful. I had to be careful with this one. Um, Yeah, he had a – well, as you know, he had a a great college career, throwing for just under 9,000 yards, 72 touchdowns during his time at at Notre Dame as well. And he's Mm -hmm. another dual-threat quarterback. Um, I believe he ran a a 4-6 at his pro day, Um, his forty time, I I believe.
0: I don't remember what he actually ran. I think it was. was, It was somewhere
1: around there. I know either way it was was quite a –
0: that is one thing that I want to talk to you about him mm-hmm. um, is that his his rushing fl- ability isn't really talked about no. a lot, I don't feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2019 and 2020, when he was the starter, he had over 100 attempts rushing. Yeah. And about he had over 500 in, yards in 2019 and just under 500 yards in 2020. For a quarterback, I'm taking that all day long. Yeah. I mean, because that's what another... 50 points that you get in fantasy Absolutely. um and in 2020 he had nine rushing touchdowns so um i just don't feel like it's something that's talked mm-hmm. about a ton with him and i feel like that that could bring value to a team depending on where he goes yeah um
1: i i uh, completely agree shane i think the only thing that's probably holding him back is is that arm strength i don't think he has that, that next level arm strength i, I know he, he went to this the senior bowling in he didn't really wow me from what I've seen. I wasn't overly yeah. impressed with him. And I think that's just what makes him feel like a, a solid backup, as you mentioned, with that rushing ability. It kind of reminds me a little bit of what like Garda Minchu was, obviously. Yeah. You know, he's got that rushing ability and, he, and when he stepped in, he was okay. He was fine. He looked great at, at times. Um, yeah. I, I, you just
0: described Ian Book to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's,
1: that's the exact feeling I get. And I think he is a, a solid quarterback that can come in whenever there's any, any problems with the starter, whether it be injury or what have you. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's somebody that can definitely step in. He just doesn't have he, that that wow factor for me, I think, to, to be a starter.
0: Yeah, he's also someone who's kind of got that that winner mentality um to me. Yep. And uh like when I watched him play Clemson, not in the the Rose Bowl, but in the regular season this year, I was pleasantly surprised because I was like, Who the hell is this Ian Book? Like, where did this come from? Like he seems like he's improved a lot, uh, to me. Mm-hmm. But I still agree with you. I don't know if he's going to have enough of the arm strength or the accuracy to really... Well, accuracy I don't think will be a problem. But the arm strength definitely to be a full-time starter. He could be a spot starter or a backup. Easy, in my opinion. Um, But I don't know if he's going to have the full full book <laughs> if you will um nice.
1: <laughs> to be a starter the his whole career it's, it's like being on our podcast this shame with the with the poor jokes that's that's kev's job <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm in full agreement obviously that's why I, i've I've picked him as this perennial backup i just think it, it it's going to be good enough i think to, to stick around but as you say just not not quite good enough to to make it as a starter for me
0: yeah i got gotcha.
1: you um okay this one's, a, this one's kind of a harsh question, I'm not going to lie to you.
0: <laughs> Who's out of the league in the next two to three years?
1: Yeah, well, as I say, it, it's going to be tough with with all these guys. Um, they're all going to, we assume, have, have low draft capital, so I think it's going to be, be tough for a lot of them to stick around. But I've gone for Felipe Franks in this one. Um, again, another quarterback that's got good size, he's, he's 6'6", 234 pounds, I believe, um, and he does have a good arm, but, but that's about it, I think, when it comes to Franks. Yeah. Is 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 a inaccurate passer? I think his complete a completion percentage is around sixty percent through his career. Um, obviously we know he, he lost a starting job in Florida to to Kyle Trask. I think that was partially due to to the injury that he got in in twenty nineteen, but obviously couldn't beat him out on on the way back and and obviously transferred over to Arkansas. Um, looks impressive. I thought in in twenty twenty, he did good with them. But as I say, I just think it's he's got an okay arm. He's got the right build, but that's about it. His, his mobility is, it's nothing. He's basically a statue. It's yeah. just, just in the, in the pocket. Um, And I think he's going to struggle because he struggles with his reads as well from, from what I've seen watching, watching the film. I mean, I'm, I'm not claiming to be any kind of film expert, but it just seems to take a little bit of time. And then when you don't have that mobility, it's going to be tough for him to, to extend plays. So that's why I think he's, he's going to struggle to stick around in the NFL for me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think he might be one of those guys that uh, maybe changes positions, um, which if he does, then he might be in the league a little longer, but I don't see him succeeding as a quarterback long-term. Yep. Um, so we've mentioned him a little bit, and I just kind of want to get to just some quick thoughts for you on Kyle Trask, the guy that Oof. replaced him at Florida. What do you think of him? What role is he like? Is he gonna be a perennial backup? Is he gonna be? Yeah, what's he gonna be?
1: I don't even know. I'll be honest, Shane. I'm I'm not a fan. I'm really not a fan. I actually have Newman above above Trask in my rankings. So okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just not a fan. I think even though he did manage to force Franks out of of that starting role in, in Florida, I think we know the supporting cast he had around him. Obviously, we've got Kyle Pitts coming in. We've got Elijah Moore coming in. To highly regarded, yeah, prospects. <laughs> yeah, I was Tony. Yeah, Cadereus um, Tony. Yeah, not Elijah Moore. Sorry. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just think that that supporting cast um, kind of helps him out. I think when you've got p- players like that, obviously we know Pitts is being regarded as one of. The best tight end prospects we've ever seen so ever <laughs> well, yeah ever. i think jetpack said it didn't he um with the astros he, he's yeah. a, a big fan so um, yeah i think that helped him a little bit and and that might be why he's got that little bit of buzz around him but uh, especially from us talking fantasy i can't see it myself shane if i'm honest
0: yeah no that makes sense
1: um okay let's move on to running back
0: i got a list of guys here that a lot of them I, I honestly like, but mm-hmm. I think you can get them later. Um, and so we'll we'll talk about some of those here. Uh, we've got Jarrett Patterson out of Buffalo, Larry Roundtree out of Missouri, right? Mm-hmm. Javian Hawkins out of Louisville, Elijah Mitchell, Demetric Felton, Khalil Herbert, and Puka Williams. Uh, Williams. Yep. Um, so out of these guys... Who do you think is going to surprise us and be a starter? Um, Let's say week by week four in the NFL.
1: Okay, so I've gone for Jarrett Patterson on this one. I absolutely love this guy. (laughs) He might be undersized. He's 5'6", 195 pounds, but he is one tough dude, and he is somebody that will constantly try and churn out those extra yards. He's, He's tough to bring down, obviously, with that low center of gravity. And he had a great career with Buffalo. Obviously, it's not the the biggest school in the world, but he had three 1,000-yard rushing seasons, 53 touchdowns in just 32 games. Um, and I just I just love him. I think he's out there trying to prove all the doubters wrong. Um, only beat a two-star recruit, and I was turned down by numerous teams um, coming out of high school. Um, yeah, I just think he has that little bit of chip on his shoulder, and, and I like that in a player. Um, the concerns would obviously be the, the receiving work. He had 20 receptions in, in his college career um
0: but,
1: but i just like how he plays yeah he's tough it is obviously one that that stands out but um i do doubt that he'll ever be a, a full work and, and get all the work mm. but i think he could be great at peace in in like a committee um as that, that speed is a, a
0: two how fast is he do you know what he ran?
1: Um, yeah i don't think he's overly fast actually <laughs> i think he's is it i think it was around a four four five five maybe Okay. A, well,
0: here's the thing is like people will say, oh, he ran a six And it's like, mother trucker, I ran a 6.4.5 when I ran a 40. So, yeah, that yeah. dude's fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and I've never been fast in my life. So, <laughs> I'm jealous of anyone that can run that fast.
1: Yeah. I think, so. all right, maybe he could work in, in a committee alongside somebody that's like, we know, obviously, is receiving work. We, we don't know what it is. So, he could maybe work in a committee alongside a. A speedy receiving back and then he can be the the early down guy that's um that, that just moves the ball
0: okay i got a landing spot for you then and i want you, you to tell me what you think of it okay the <laughs> new york
1: jets love it absolutely love it i think the new york jets are being slept on as a, a landing spot for for any running back um, oh
0: i I'm not sleeping on them. No. Um, <laughs> that's because <that's> <laughs> you're, your, the... you're smart,
1: Shane. That's that. I, I knew that you were, you wouldn't be sleeping on it. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that, but yeah, I
0: mean, I, we've been saying on the the nightcap all off season that um um, 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 um um I totally lost my train of thought. Sorry. That the the Jets suck. And they need help everywhere. So yep. I think running back is one of those positions that they definitely need help. Now I think they're locked into taking quarterback with their first, over, with the second overall pick. Yep. I don't know who it's going to be. There's a part of me that's hoping it's Justin Fields. Um, Cause I think Zach Wilson and Fran- San Francisco would be amazing. Um, I just don't want F- Wilson to go to the jets to be completely honest. Cause mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worried about whoever goes to the jets is going to end up getting just ruined to be completely honest. So um but yeah, I would love because here's the thing: with if Patterson goes to the Jets, mm-hmm. it's Jarrett Patterson. It's a committee of Jarrett Patterson, Tevin Coleman, and Lamichael P. Ride. Yeah. I think that's three guys that could complement each
1: other well enough. Yeah, and it, and if and if you're going to beat out anybody, I mean, I fancy Patterson to, to beat out players like Coleman and and P. Ride rather than on a, another team where it could be stuck behind a a true starter. I mean, as you say, they're yeah. all committee guys. Um, Robert Saleh obviously he's going to be the mm-hmm. calling the plays and we're going to assume he's going to have that little bit of Kyle Shanahan um, yep. offense and, and we know how much we love that for running backs so yeah yeah I love that I love that spot potentially um, for another
0: score. spot potentially and you might not like this one as much but mm-hmm. I, I was listening to another podcast the other day um talking about Jamar Jefferson what about if uh Patterson landed in Carolina as a compliment to CMC? I
1: think, yeah, I think the the, the Panthers will do that. I think they need somebody um, behind CMC, obviously, with the injury that he just has. I think it's opened their eyes now that we can't give this guy the full workload all the time. that He's bound to pick up an injury at some point. So they do need somebody there. I think maybe they do lighten the workload a little bit for, for CMC. He's still going to be one of the, the top running backs in, in fantasy. But, yeah, I think it could be a nice little landing spot just as a, a complimentary piece to, to McCaffrey. Yeah?
0: yeah, no, I I think it was uh, the Rookie Fever podcast that I was listening to that was talking about Jamar Jefferson potentially going there. I think yeah. Patterson would be a good potential fit there, especially because I don't see that as a glaring need for Carolina, mm-hmm. like something they need to address in the first two to three rounds, but at round maybe late round three, round four, round five why not get someone who can spell cmc so um okay we've talked a ton about jared patterson
1: um who is someone else that could be a surprise starter for you yeah so i've gone for elijah mitchell for for this one obviously just just talking of speedy backs i think he fits that role perfectly um he ran a a four three five at his pro day and his three cone was a 6.66. So yes, (laughs) exactly. That was exactly my feelings when I saw that chain. Um, Just absolutely lit it up on his pro day. Um, But he's not all about speed. I think he's another tough runner um, who had three 1,000 yards from scrimmages um, over his seasons in college. Uh, Like Patterson, again, only a two-star recruit. So again, he could have that little bit of a, a chip on his shoulder, but I just think he has those traits that he could be a great rotational piece, again, like we said with, with Patterson, but obviously for different reasons. I think Mitchell's more of the, a speedy guy, somebody that's that could fit in. A, obviously, we just mentioned some landing spots somewhere like the 49ers. I think he's that yeah. kind of mould for what we see, obviously, in Raheem Mostert. I see a lot of that with, um, with Mitchell. So, yeah, I think he, he could be a, a sneaky little sleeper.
0: A Sneaky little sleeper. I like Ooh, that. Um, so I, I'm going to give you my pick here. And it's someone who I feel like has fallen a little bit mm-hmm. um, since the end of 2019. And it's Javian Hawkins out of Louisville. Okay. Um, I've been watching his film on our film room at the FF astronauts. And to me, he is just a shifty little back mm-hmm. that is going to be a good fit for someone, kind of like we're talking about, to spell someone, to be a change of pace back, something like that. Yeah. And so I went and looked up his stats just to see, like, why like, why has he fallen so much? Um, and in 2019, he had 1,500 rushing yards and nine touchdowns on the ground, with his long being 66 yards. So he's got that breakaway speed. Yeah. Cool. Sign me up. Um, obviously, 2020 was a, sh- a shortened season. He looks like he only played about six games. He had 800. He still had 822 yards and seven touchdowns with a long of 90. And he increased his receiving game, which I think is the one area that he need He's going to need to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think his skill set matches up with it decently um, to where he had, he had 16 catches um, for 127 yards and one touchdown. Yeah. Have you studied Jv Hawkins at all? Um, and if you have, what do you think of him?
1: Um, I've watched a little bit of him. Uh, I'll be honest; he's not somebody that's been right at the top of my list for for players to watch. Um, I think a little bit why people are cooling on, him, cooling on him at the moment is I think it is pro day. He didn't have the best forty time, I believe. I know we was all expecting that elite speed that he has shown, and, and I have seen it when when I've watched any film. Um, I think he ran a four four. Obviously, still as you said, that is still quick. But we. Why the hell are people? <laughs> We all, th- I think the the consensus was it was going to be around at a four three, similar to what we've just just said with um, uh, with Mitchell, but but yeah, I just think that's maybe why he's slipping a little bit at the moment. In, in I would not be worried about. I, know, four I- four. that's still
0: <laughs> blazing fast. I agree. I do agree. Um, so he's someone who I'll, I'll probably be grabbing in late drafts. Yeah. Um, okay, so now I gotta I gotta ask because we saw someone go as an undrafted free agent. Um, in the nfl draft mm-hmm. you could grab him at the end of your rookie drafts and they think he ended up as an rb1 now obviously those are some pretty specific parameters so i'm not gonna <laughs> mi- i'm not gonna hold you to hit all of those parameters. no pressure
1: no pressure but
0: who is someone that you think and they can be on this list or not mm-hmm. that you can grab let's say in the fifth round that's going to like Maybe they're just coming from a small school like Illinois State, like James Robinson. Mm-hmm. But who's the next
1: James Robinson this year? Like I said, no pressure on me on this one, Shane. I was going to say, obviously we just spoke about him, Patterson, but seeing as we're going for, for sleepers, I wanted to go deep with this one, Shane. I wanted to go really deep. So I've gone for Caleb Huntley. Any ideas with that? Who? <laughs> exactly. Is <laughs> <laughs> a running back from Ball State, and this is a complete – I mean, we're talking James Robinson. We're talking undrafted um, free agents. I think this could be a guy that, that goes undrafted. Um, but his size is 5'10", 225 pounds. And he has a bit okay. of wiggle. He has a bit of wiggle behind him, Shane. Um, I've watched some film on him. Obviously, there's not a whole lot out there uh, with it being, obviously, Ball State. It's, it's not one of the big schools. But he has a bit of speed about him. I was hoping to to find out what his Pro Day results were. They were yesterday. Obviously, we were recording on... On Saturday, it was Friday, but we've yet to have any, any results from the pro day. But I think he could have had a, an impressive 40 time. Um, and with that size that he has, I think it's just a it's just what you want, isn't it, from everyone in back, um, a big guy that, yeah. that's got a bit of speed behind him. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely. That's uh, that's a, a juicy, <laughs> juicy little boy. Yeah, I went um, deep. If, <laughs> you'll have to update me and our listeners on what is his 40 is whenever that comes out. I will um, I'm gonna cop out and, and not make a pick here. Um, okay. just because I feel like that Caleb Huntley pick was was excellent. Yeah. I'll
1: John a bit more on him for I don't know the listeners might wanna wanna know a little bit more about him. I mean, I'm going to back it up, Shane. I mean, you put me on the spot. I might as well. Yeah, back <laughs> it up, man. Tell right, me about so. Caleb. Puss. So
0: tell me more about his stats, if you can. Like, yep. what's like, how many yards is he getting per year? Okay. How many touchdowns? What, Like, what's he look like in the receiving game? Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that stuff.
1: Right. So as a, a true freshman, he had 1,000 rushing yards for three touchdowns. That was on 210 carries. So immediate impact as a freshman. Um, he missed most of his sophomore season through a, an ankle injury. But he bounced back in 2019, 248 carries, 1,275 yards and 12 touchdowns. So the the production's there. In 2020, he only played three games before picking up an injury. But in all three of those games, he had over 100 rushing yards. So he's showing he can do it on the ground. The one knock is, is passing usage isn't great. He's okay. had 19 receptions. in So here's games. my
0: question with with that. Mm-hmm. Is that because of his skill set and his talent, or is it more of because of Ball State's offense?
1: I love how you've just set that one up for me, Shane, because the next thing I was going to say is that I think it is down to the fact that it was because he was used so much in the running game and the dominance that he had in the rushing game. I just don't think it was, it was needed to be used in, in the receiving game. Um, he basically carried this whole offense with his rushing. So, um, I don't think he, he really needed those receptions. I think it wasn't something that, that as I say, that he, he was needed for. So potentially, it could be that that next James Robinson. We've yet to see what he can do in the receiving game. So if he can, if he can catch a ball, I'm excited for it, Shane. It could be a nice little, nice little yeah, deep sleeper.
0: Definitely. <laughs> so I'll have to be checking him out. Yeah. Obviously, um, a lot depends
1: on our landing spots and, ab- and uh, absolutely. And, yeah.
0: Okay, so someone that I know you've done a thread, and I'm throwing you to the wolves here because this is not on the show sheet, but someone I know you've done a thread on and someone that I just picked up at in round 22 at the fifth pick of round 22 in a startup that included rookies
1: Mm -hmm. is Larry Roundtree out of Missouri. Talk to me about (laughs) old Larry. I really liked him. You know, when I I made the thread, I think it was... Might have been a couple of months ago. I think it was just yeah, as a month or two ago. Yeah, at that point, I was really excited about him. I think he just, I think okay. he attended the the senior the senior bowl. Okay. Yeah, and then I was I was really I was really excited. About him, if I'm honest. I thought he could be a potentially a, a nice sleeper, but I, I think he was another guy that struggled on his pro day. Um, okay. I think he, he really struggled. I think his his forty time. I'm not sure what it is off the top of my head, but I think it was not. I want to say.
0: Because I feel like I saw this one, and if I could, I'm totally making this up, but I feel like it was like a four six
1: six. Yeah, I think um, it was around somewhere. I was going to say high four six. Yeah, but um, again, I mean, we're saying this is not fast. I mean, for us, that's fast. But it was we're talking, a four six two actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we're saying it, it's not fast. It is. It is fast for 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 a, for a guy like him. But I think in the NFL, I, I think that's the the knock is. Yeah, I just I think he's going to struggle. I think for that reason, I don't think he's going to get a a high draft capital, and I think a lot's going to boil down to. I think with a lot of these guys, a big thing for for these sleepers is obviously the landing spots.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we saw James Robinson get signed to the Jaguars, and they had Leonard Fournette. He was clearly good enough to them. They cut Leonard Fournette. Yeah. So you never know what's gonna happen with these guys, mm-hmm. um, and if they've got the right profile and they land in a spot, especially with something like that, where like there's clearly turmoil between the organization and the starter, why not grab them? Yep. Uh, that's that's kind of my thought. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. So we're gonna take a quick break here for our, uh, well, not even for our sponsor, but. Coming out very, very soon is the FF Astros Rookie Guide. Um, shout out to the team that is working on that. Um, it's going to be our film room basically on cocaine is what I think <laughs> our our founder, Rish and Jetpack, have described it as. So you've seen how good our film room is. We're having our first paid product in this This rookie guide. um, Level two Patreons can get that, um, can get early access to that, or level two or greater. So sign up for our Patreon as a level two, and you can have early access to the rookie guide. If not, I believe it's releasing on April 15th. So go check that out. It's going to be worth it. We've got analytical models and film analysis all cooked into one thing, made from our superstar team and it's going to rock your socks off. So check out the Rookie Guide on FFastros.com. What I would also like to shout out is our partner FTN. Um, It's baseball season right now. If you're doing DFS with baseball, you can use the tools at FTNBets.com. And use the code ASTRO10 to get a 10% discount with our partner, FTN. They have tools out the wazoo for every sport. It's just baseball season right now. So check it out and win yourself some money. I did during football season, so maybe you can during baseball season. And with that, we will resume the show. All right, Matt. Wide receivers. Wide receiver is the deepest position to me in this draft. It's, it's stupid to me how much depth there is at wide receiver. Um, so, I had to work... Well, I really didn't even have to work really hard on this because um, <laughs> there are some there's some players on here that are... I feel like if they weren't in this class, they might go in the second round of your rookie drafts, but that's how deep this class is. So, I've got Tutu Atwell, Shy Smith, Frank Darby, Anthony Schwartz, Cornell Powell, Nico Collins, Marlon Williams... Tyler Vons, Austin Watkins, DeMonte Jack, and Warren Jackson. Um, we don't have time to break down all of these guys. I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest with you. Um, but we're going to do our best to, to get at least mention a few of them. So first question I have for you is what do you look for in later
1: round receivers in your rookie drafts? Yeah, so it's got to be upside, I think, with with wide receivers. Those guys that, that are going to have that big playability – um, we've seen it over the recent years. Obviously, guys like Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, um, Mooney. last year, and then obviously it Claypool a
0: bit- was an absolute travesty. If you followed me <laughs> on Twitter, you should have known that Claypool should not have gone in the third round of your rookie drafts.
1: No. So everybody thought no it was a tight end. Everybody thought it was a tight end, and which was stupid. <laughs> Yeah, and then if we go a bit further back, Deontay Johnson, even Darius Slayton to a to a lesser extent, all these guys, they were they was, they've got a bit of speed behind them, but they can make those big plays downfield. Um if 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 you're doing your, your rookie drafts after the NFL, um you want to be targeting guys who who have a chance to to see snaps early, obviously. I just mentioned somebody like Mooney, um, didn't really have much, did he? Alan Robinson, obviously, was the the main guy with the bears but beyond that there wasn't much and, and for that he managed to see snaps early and and show his potential so yeah that's what i look for in the, in the later rounds to say if it's after the nfl draft the, the landing spots obviously plays a big part in it but if we're just talking from um an actual talent point it's just those those guys that've got a bit of speed behind them and, and can make the plays
0: gotcha um so with that in mind um give me give me three guys that fit that mold for you in this in this class and yeah well yeah in this in this grouping
1: um so schwartz i think he's he's right up there obviously we know that the, the speed <laughs> i know you like that one shane <laughs> yes sir uh two twat wells obviously somebody as well that that's mentioned a lot for for his speed i believe his his pro day wasn't exactly what we thought but again okay. he's, he's another guy that, that's got speed i think he was touted as I think he was touted in, in round one, wasn't he? In some mock drafts earlier in the in oh the, my goodness, in the year, know. so yeah, it's obviously highly regarded. I can't see that happening um, now. Now we know a little bit more about him. I think he's sliding down um, the mock drafts that I've seen. Um, and Shai Smith as well is, is another guy that I realise like that we we might talk about a little later on. But but yeah, those three guys Ooh, are, are all, <laughs> Those three guys are all guys that have that little bit of juice and and that I think have have that chance of making a splash and then becoming relevant in fantasy.
0: Gotcha. Um man, you opened me up um for it. So I'm I gotta talk about Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, yeah. Um I feel like he's someone that you're gonna get in round four, maybe round five, depending on the on the draft. Um but he's got he's truly got world class speed. Mm-hmm. When he was in high school, he ran the hundred meter dash in ten point oh seven seconds and beat his world record by point six seconds so he is and that was in high school Mm -hmm. so that was before he even stepped foot on auburn he ran track at auburn he is fast um and i feel like if he gets on the right like I feel like a dream landing spot for him would be the Chiefs because then they would basically just roll out Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, Schwartz, and then, like, Kelsey be the big guy, and it's just going to be, like, a freaking NASCAR race. Like, yep. boom, 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 <laughs> boom. um, And you're going to be like, how that – like, what are we supposed to do here? We can't keep up with them. They're exactly. all run- outrunning it. Yeah. Um, and that would just be fun for like off season Twitter because I feel like you could have a race between Mikol, Tyreek, and Schwartz, and see who's the fastest. I'm and just still backing be like, in
1: Tyreek in that one. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't know, man. It's getting I, on a bit. It's getting a bit older. I guess You might have lost a, a couple of steps. <laughs> um,
0: I don't. I mean, I'm not even saying that. I just think that's how fast Schwartz is. Yeah, but, okay. um, but I think if he goes in the right situation, he's going to be a weapon just because mm. of how fast he is. Yeah. Um, he can he can break anything once he gets the ball in his hands. So I love Schwartz. Um, at least I mean, obviously he went to Auburn. That's my favorite team. So mm-hmm. um, he's just got to be used properly and uh, and put in the right situation, which I think you can probably say for any of these guys. Yeah. That leads us to our next question. So when you're drafting in these later rounds, um, obviously you said upside and big playability and then mm-hmm. the ability to get snaps. I th- we're going to key on that a little bit later. Okay. Um, but w- do you look for big body guys? So guys that are like, let's say 6'3 or, t- or taller that mm-hmm. could maybe get snaps as a, a red zone threat or do you look for guys that have special teams experience so they can get
1: on the field that way yeah um for me personally it's more special teams i think um a bit like what i just said i think these guys are playmakers the guys that that can make big plays um obviously that's why they're, they're on special teams to to make those plays and, and get the field position so for me personally they're probably more the guys that i gravitate towards i'll be brutally honest there's definitely big body guys that i like um yeah. This year, another sleeper, Jamon Osborne. I don't know if you know who okay. that is, but um, he plays for about... Texas a and I believe, with um, with Mon. Okay. So, yeah, I do I do have a soft spot for, for big guys, but I just feel like there's more big guys where you tend to get burnt. I mean, just thinking back off the top of my head, people like J.J. Sega whiteside mm-hmm. Akeem Butler. Obviously, these are both guys yeah, that, yep. that got a lot of hype as as big guys. Um, even Keel Harry could say to, to an extent... <laughs> Um, all these guys struggled, didn't they? they? They've all struggled in in the NFL. Yeah, and it's just because we, we want to believe that they can make the jump balls, they can they can outmuscle the, these cornerbacks. But it's a whole different ball game going from from college to to the NFL. And I think that's why these these bigger guys tend to, to struggle, especially in, in the earlier days. Um, I'm not saying that that all big guys are, are going to struggle coming into the NFL, but I just feel like, for me personally, I tend to gravitate more towards these. These more speedy, smaller guys that, that tend to play more special teams. I gotcha.
0: And, and, and that makes sense. Um, I think if they, they trust you to, to get on the field in special teams that mm-hmm. opens the door a little bit more for yeah. you to get on the field in other situations, especially yeah. if you're successful, exactly. um, in those situations, um, just so we don't completely ignore them uh, though. Let's talk about the big body guys just mm-hmm. a little bit who like, out of the guys that we have listed here or even guys that you know that I don't because you're (laughs) smarter than I am. Um, I'm not
1: sure about that one, Shane.
0: (laughs) um, Who's a big body guy on this list that you're like, okay, I got to have him because he's got more than just the big body. He's got some, some upside, some wiggle,
1: Mm -hmm. excellent route running. Like who's that guy for you? Or you could even pick two. Okay. Well, there's one that definitely stands out for me. And I think, I think it'd be quite a popular one amongst um the fantasy community that's nico collins i think he's yep. the the guy that stands out um i don't have all the stats in front of me right now but i know that he had a couple of years where he, he didn't do loads i know he didn't have any um over a thousand yards receiving but i think because he, he opted out i believe of the 2020 season he didn't play in 2020 so i think for that reason that's why people are sleeping on him a little bit is he's, he's going a bit unnoticed um in this whole draft process and He's a guy, he's a big guy, I believe he's 6'4", 6'3", 6'4". Yep, 6'4", so, 215
0: yeah. according to ESPN. Yeah, so obviously um, a
1: big guy. He's, he's one that stands out for me for sure.
0: But his average catch in 2018 and 2019 was over 16 yards each year. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I will, he's also from Birmingham, didn't realize that, so... uh <laughs> Hey, um, <laughs> we're from the same place. Um, but what I wanted to mention is, is you kind of brought it up how he didn't have more than a 1,000 yards in a season. Mm-hmm. His quarterback was Shea Patterson those yeah. two years. Yeah. Shea Patterson is a pile of dog crap when it comes to playing quarterback.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think part of that also goes to Jim Harbaugh ain't as good of a coach as he used to be. Um, so he's not he hasn't been getting the best balls thrown to him. And obvi- like, obviously, you've got to make do with what you get. But I think if you get him in a, an offense where he can actually have someone that's NFL caliber throwing to him, yep. then you could see his production go up. Um, I mean, look at his teammate, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Mm-hmm. Same quarterback. You put him in the role in Cleveland, and he had a hell of the end of the year yep. and showed his actual talent. So I feel like Collins... Could be the Donovan Peoples Jones of this year,
1: to be completely honest. I, I think it could be a little bit more than that, Shane. If I'm honest, I think I'd personally, I, I prefer him to Peoples Jones. Obviously, as you say, he showed flashes for for Cleveland, but yeah, I just think Collins is, is an, as you say, for that reason that you've, you've just mentioned, Shane. I think with the the quarterback play, I think that's why people are sleeping on on players like Collins. Um. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a, a sleeper and somebody that I'll be targeting. He's going to be. Fourth, fifth round of your of your rookie drafts, it's basically nothing. So, I, I'm always happy to take a gamble on, on somebody like that.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, okay. Who also Nico Collins was my pick, so that's why I'm not saying anything more. <laughs>
1: okay. Um, who is your favorite receiver out of this group, and why? Okay, so I've gone for for Shai Smith with this one. A little bit okay. I was just spoke about as well. Um, one thing that stands out to me is the the poor quarterback play that he had. Um. I think that's why he's, he's slipping in, in people's mock drafts um, during this whole NFL process leading up to the draft. It's the, it's the poor quarterback play in South Carolina. In 2020, his quarterback was Colin Hill. Um, he only threw six touchdowns and six interceptions in eight games. So, I mean, that does not wow you at all, does it, when you're talking about no. a, a quarterback? So for that, that's a, I think that's a reason why he's being slept on. But if you watch his highlight reel... It is an absolute joy to watch. He made some unreal catches. I think I, I I might have posted something about it on Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter. You may have seen it. I've I put a couple of highlights of his catches. It looked like a little bit like OBJ with some of those catches. Ooh, yeah, he made. Now
0: you're talking my language. I'll,
1: I'll take <laughs> I'll take the um, the jetpack. Uh, is it is is should we call it? Is is trademark arrogant hands? That arrogant he, hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's got a little bit of that about him. Um, and again, just talking about those guys that I like, he's he's got that base, he's got that speed. Um with the size and build he's got, he's likely gonna be more in the slot, I'd imagine. But I think he's got the traits to to be able to be moved outside and and perform out there. So yeah, he's somebody that I, I think in in the right situation again, um, in the right landing spot, he can contribute early and and yeah, nice little nice little sleeper.
0: Awesome, I love it. Um He's at South Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. I think you already said. It. Okay, here's my question for you. And this is this is a loaded question, and I'll admit, possibly a dumb question. But does the injury cons- injury repetition? I guess that's not even the word I'm looking for, but I think you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. With Debo Samuel and Brian Edwards, concern you with Shy Smith at all? Hmm do you think that's just how do you think that's just bad luck for samuel and edwards and them both going to south carolina do you think it's how south carolina teaches their receivers how to play like
1: what do you think you've caught this one shame because i have not, I have not even <laughs> considered that that's not even in my well, does head but, Smith,
0: does he have any injury concern prior to this year and I don't think he had any this
1: year, but does he have any injury concerns? I don't believe so from from what okay. I've what I've seen. I don't believe so. Um but you do make a great point. Is it is it a coincidence that obviously these two guys coming out of South Carolina um have had injuries in the NFL? Um both oh, yes. foot injuries too, I think. Yeah, yeah. So you, you do make a an excellent point there, Shane, and and as I say something, I'm not even i not even considered that one, so I might I might <laughs> have to retract my statement.
0: That... <laughs> no, I, I don't think you have to. I think because I, I also think he's a little bit different receiver than than both of them mm-hmm. um, from a build standpoint, too, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. But it was just something that kind of popped in my mind, and I was mm-hmm. like, might as well ask. But mm, yeah. um, I don't know. And I could totally be reading into something that I don't need to be and And so... If you're listening to this and you hear this part, I would I would consider looking into Shy Smith's injury history. And if he has none, then you don't have anything to be concerned about. I'm just speculating. If he does, I might be a little more weary, but not. It depends on the type of injury. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, we're, we're not going to completely fade Debo Samuel. I know obviously he's had injuries, but the talent's there. Um, yeah, he's. I don't know. And what we don't know AD... what Brian Edwards is. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, you make you make a great point, Shane. As always, thank you, <laughs> sir. All right, let's
0: move on to tight end. Um, for me, there's a big three. There's clearly a big three in tight end. Yeah, there's uh, the clear-cut number one in Pitts, and then there's Friar Muth from Penn State and Brevin Jordan from Miami. Mm-hmm. Then I would probably throw. I've got him on this list for the show sheet, but I would probably throw him in as kind of the fourth guy, maybe as his own tier if you will okay. um is hunter long mm-hmm. but on this list i've got trey mckitty kenny Yaboa, tommy trimble and hunter long yep. um any of these guys excite you on the next level to be a threat in because we know tight ends are going to take two three years to really get their feet wet any of these guys that you're grabbing late just for the potential
1: yeah. Well, there's definitely one that, that stands out for me and, and it's not long. It's actually Kenny Yeboah. Um, okay. He's a guy that I really, he's my tight end for in my rankings. So I've even got him above long. Um, okay. I know Jetpack and Rish, I know they're both quite high on on long, but it's Yeboah for me. I think he's just an athletic tight end. He's obviously got that pass catching ability. Um, didn't show a whole lot when he was at Temple, but he transferred to Ole Miss in 2020 and I think he achieved pretty much everything he achieved in those four years with Temple. He matched that in one season with, with Ole Miss. He had 20, 27 receptions, 524 yards and six touchdowns. I believe in his four years, in four years in Temple, I believe he had like 540 yards and six touchdowns. So he's basically matched it in one year. So made a, a big impact in 2020. He's, he's a willing blocker from what I've seen. He's, he's not somebody that shies away from a block. And I think that's, that's quite a big thing when it comes to tight ends. Obviously, you want them on the field as much as possible so if they can block and if they're a willing blocker i think they are going to see more snaps and and that totally. then plays to a chance of seeing more more receiving work so yeah he's a guy that fits that mold that you look for in a fantasy tight end um you just mentioned about would i be actively going out and grabbing him i, I wouldn't be i wouldn't be reaching for a tight end i don't think you've just spoke about those top three guys and um, they're all guys that i would potentially be targeting in my rookie drafts but mm-hmm. then when you're talking about people like this like your bowie you don't know it could take a year, two years for him to, to actually start seeing a decent amount of snaps and be financially relevant. So I'd rather personally take a, a punt on a, a running back or a wide receiver later on in the drafts. Yeah. And then you can always trade for somebody like like Yeboah. And um, mm-hmm. that's the way I'd play it personally. But
0: yeah. No, I, I love that advice. Um, <laughs> our buddy Dom, who mm-hmm. is a, a, a former Astro, was talking, I think it was on his podcast last year. About Cole Komet and how tight ends take a while to develop, yada, 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 and how he wasn't going to draft Cole Komet, but he was going to go trade for him in, in year two. Um, I, I think he probably missed he? that opportunity oh, because I thought you were going to give me a,
1: a good look story, how I no, got him just in time and, and he well, said. No, because
0: I, in the league that we're in together, I told him that's not happening because <laughs> I'm taking Cole Komet, um, which I did. Uh, but. I think Komet may have risen to the occasion a little bit faster than people expected, yeah. at least from a receiving standpoint. Um, and they they clearly want him involved. So that's kind of my thinking on that. But with what you just said about like Yaboa, um, you could get him probably in round four or five this year. But if he takes a little bit longer to get rolling, Mm-hmm. then you could go send a fifth rounder next year for him and snag him so then you know the upside that he's got coming yeah um he's just got to get on the field yeah so it's, it's one kind of the of i think
1: on. what you could have done with, with a bit like met i think if somebody like dom if he was hiring him and he saw he was getting that little bit of opportunity i'm sure they've been looking to to snag him at that point so if like with like i say with you if he does start seeing the field and putting in a couple of fantasy performances. Because, I mean, Comet didn't get him. he didn't blow up on the scene, did he? It gradually got no. there. He started seeing more yeah. snaps. So if you start seeing that in fantasy and you start seeing your tight end that you, you like, getting a few more snaps, it's always worth grabbing him. He's not going to cost you much because obviously they've done very little before that. So, yeah, that's that's the way I play it with tight ends. I think I hear a lot, obviously, I'll just briefly mention players like um, Kyle Pitts. How they're going to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to draft Kyle Pitts. I'll wait a year and get him at a discount. That is not happening. That's that is not, not happening. happening. That is not happening. If somebody's gonna pay a, a mid first to, to get somebody like Pitts, there's no way they're gonna sell him for cheap. They know the no. they know what they've got in him and they're gonna yeah. wait and hold. So with guys like that, you you can't you can't have that strategy. But when it comes to these these sleepers, um, yeah, that's what I tend to I tend to just avoid drafting him and and grab him when I start seeing that they're they're the getting more snaps. Yeah, that's a good plan.
0: Um okay. That wraps up our positional questions. Um, I got a couple more for you, and then we're going to do the top five. Yes. So, um, before we get to that, though, had a couple questions come in from listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, or So here's one of those. We already talked about a couple. Um, but why are any of these guys or guys you would get after pick 24, so the
1: 212 in a rookie draft, mm-hmm. worth drafting? Okay. Like, Why are they worth anything? right i'll put it like this then shane um do you play the lottery
0: uh i don't but i did okay. just buy some lottery tickets <laughs> for my for my father-in-law
1: last okay weekend. well you, you you play the lottery to win don't you to win the big prize the chance of yep. winning that big prize next to none very slim but there's millions of people that play the lottery to grab that that holy grail and, and hitting that that home run that's how i see these these picks later on it's a lottery ticket but you've got to have that ticket to win the lottery. So the hit rate on guys like this, it's not great. It's not even great on the earlier guys, but there's always just there's always those players in the later rounds that hit. Um, I'll just go off some on DLF's um, ADP, the Superflex Rookie Rankings. If I go 2018, Philip Lindsay, he was undrafted. He finished as the RB13. 2019, obviously that wasn't the best class, but Terry McLaurin, he was picked 34. At 35, he finishes the wide receiver 29. Preston Williams. I know you like Preston Williams, Shane. He was picked 43. He obviously, he's shown that ability. Obviously, the the ACL injuries, it's knocked that a little bit. But again, a guy that you've got for next to nothing and and he's got that upside. And then if we go to last year, Antonio Gibson, he was picked 24. He finishes the RB 13 last year. Chase Claypool, as you just mentioned earlier. picked 26, he finishes the wide receiver 24. And then the guy that we spoke about right at the top of the show, James Robinson, undrafted. You could have picked him up off your waivers, Finishes as the RB7. So it's just yes, that sir. for me, it's that lottery ticket, that chance of hitting. Yeah, you don't want to be relying on these picks. You don't want to be thinking, oh, I've got I've got six, seven late round picks. I could potentially land four or five top players. That's not going to happen. But you've got that chance of just nailing that that one guy that that's just going to return an unreal amount of, of dividends on, on what you paid to get him.
0: Totally agree, and what I so I debated with the person who asked this question, it's a friend of the show Papa Conks. Um, I gave him my answer, and that was there is so much depth in this class. From a we'll go f- I, really from QB and wide receiver because um, QB you've got Lawrence, you've got Fields, you've got Wilson, you've got Lance, you've got Mac Jones, you've got Kellen Mond. Kyle Trask, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Um, but there's six picks right there. And if you're in a super flex draft, they're going to go earlier than they than they would in a one QB draft. Yep. Then if you throw in tight end premium, Kyle Pitts, Brevin Jordan, Pat Fryermuth, they're all going to be pushed up. Yep. So what that's going to do for me and for you and people who listen to this is push that value down for running back, which isn't as deep – from a top end standpoint, but like we've talked about, there's, there's a handful of guys that you can grab late that are worth a flyer, yeah. but then wide receiver is the deepest position in this class. And with, if you're in a super flex tight end premium draft, it's going to push those picks past pick 24. So you can get guys like, I have to say it. I, I'm sorry, Matt <laughs> Seth Williams and round okay. three.
1: Yeah
0: you could get a guy like Kylan Hill in round three or Chuba Hubbard in round three, um, depending on how the draft board falls. Mm-hmm. These guys are all got like, if Seth Williams were in another class, I feel like he'd be a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I'm, I'm little not going to, there's, bit there's bias. some bias, <laughs> there's some bias, but I've, I've watched him enough to know that like he would be a first round pick in another draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylan Hill was going to be, he was talked about as a top five running back last year. Chuba Hubbard, same thing. They both went back for another year. Their draft capital's fallen. So now they're in that six, seven, eight range for running backs now, um, maybe even a little bit later. So that's why guys after pick 24 matter because you can get a guy who's fallen because of who knows why and, st- and end
1: up with a stud or a solid producer. So that's my thoughts on it. Completely agree, Shane. Completely. As you say, I think this year's class, especially with with the talent at quarterback, it's, it's going to be one of the the better quarterback classes we've seen this year. And and for that reason, it's going to force a lot of a lot of value into those second round, even early third rounds. Mm-hmm. As you say, players like Juba Hubbard. If I can grab him in the third that upside the potential upside mm. with somebody like that is yes it's it's mouthwatering so yeah I, I completely agree especially in in this year's draft class i think these later later picks are there's going to be some definite value
0: yeah totally totally agree okay i am looking at the show sheet <laughs> i the, the next question's Have keyed I up <laughs> I knew this was going to be your answer. I'm so happy that it's your answer. But who are you planting your flag on to not leave your rookie drafts with
1: or without? So if you follow me on Twitter, this is not going to be a surprise at all. It's Michael Carter, Shane. It's Michael Carter. North Carolina running back. I... I can I, I struggle to talk when I talk about Michael Carr because I love him that much. He's just, he's play, everything about him, I've, I've fallen in love, Shane. <laughs> he is 100% my uh, my crush in this rookie draft. Um, he's shifty, explosive, he's got unreal footwork, super productive in college, and that's playing alongside Javante Williams, who he has got a lot of hype around him right now, and, and I don't dislike the guy at all. He's, he's my RB3, and then I've got Carter right behind him at RB4. Um but yeah, Carter, as I say, the production last year, 156 carries, 1,245 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, and then 25 receptions, 267 yards and two receiving touchdowns. So just, just what more do you want, Shane? What more do you want from a running back? The knock <laughs> is obviously his size. I know, yeah, he's 5'8", 200 pounds. I'm under no illusion that he's a smaller running back. And I don't think he's going to be a workhorse at... I can't see him carrying a full load but I just think if he's used I think if he's used correctly I think maybe that kind of Kamara Eklis style maybe give him 10 12 carries and then five or six receptions he's going to be a great fantasy asset um I think comp as well a lot of people have is obviously Clyde Edwards is going to be the the obvious one because of his his size and mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people are going to comp into Clyde Edwards Lair. And I did catch a little bit of heat on Twitter because I said that Michael Carter is going to be everything you wanted from Clyde Edwards Lair, but a little bit better. And that did not <laughs> that did that did not go down very well. <laughs> but it wasn't a knock on Clyde Edwards Lair because I do think he's a great running back. I just think he was he was overhyped into it. To a state where he, he couldn't attain that, that hype that was around him. So, it wasn't a knock I on I totally, that's 100% yeah. it. Yeah, it wasn't a and knock at all, Long Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's more my love for, for Carter. Yeah, okay. well, and
0: what I, what I think about Edwards-Alaire too is like, we know Andy Reid protects his rookie running backs. Yeah. We know that the Chiefs offensive line was depleted last year. Yeah. So expecting the RB1 overall out of <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Alaire in his rookie year was ridiculous. Yeah. But because he landed with the Chiefs, like, before the the COVID year and all that hit, like, there were just unrealistic expectations for him, I think. Yeah. And there was no way he was going to hit those. I think long-term he's going to be fine. Yeah. And I love, like, I think Carter is... Shifty just like layer I think he's probably a bit faster. So mm. I think the just a bit. The
1: talk on that that's a point to, to bring up, I think, because everybody was slamming him for that pro day performance. He ran a, a four-five five and everyone was going there was going crazy about it, saying, Oh, a smaller back, he should be quicker than this. If you've watched any Michael Carter, that is not his game. It's not the top end speed. It's his shiftiness. Um that, that short area burst. And in his three cone he ran at six point nine seven. So to me that that says enough about about carter for me um if people want to fade him because of that 40 time let them do it because i will happily be picking him up later on in my drafts i mean i'm going to reach for him anyway but it gives the opportunity for the listeners to to grab him a little bit later on and yeah i I can't wait to see where he lands and i'm just praying he gets a a nice spot where he can he can just show everybody what he's got yep okay so
0: i got to give you mine i think you probably already know it um (laughs) And since you just said that you're going to reach on Michael Carter, I will happily admit that I'm reaching on this player. Mm. It's Seth Williams, wide (laughs) receiver out of Auburn. Um, That was my fake shock sound. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) He's 6'3", 211. He had a 19-year-old breakout age, Mm -hmm. um, which I think he went to school as a 19-year-old freshman. Um, And that was when he had NFL player Darius Slayton alongside him. He still was able to break out. And then he dominated all three years that he was in college. Um, his second year, he had Bo Nix as a, a true freshman quarterback throwing to him. And Bo was pretty good. Um, then year two with Bo comes around, and Bo doesn't improve. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know why I think that. It's because Gus Malzon sucks as a coach. <laughs> um, but... Seth was still able to produce and, and dominate. I think my biggest concern with him is going to be potentially like, and and our buddy Dom has brought this up, is like work ethic, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm not, re- like, I think some of his work ethic concerns were more around like, man, I'm not getting the ball enough, and we're not doing well enough. I know I can help this team. Um and then there were times where like at, he he had a drop in the iron bowl in 2020 and after that i believe he was targeted three more times for the entire game <laughs> the entire second half i believe he had three targets and one or two of those were in the dirt so one other stat that he has is he is one of the top um he's at the top of the list near the top of the list for most uncatchable balls in 2020. Mm -hmm. And it's because Auburn's offensive line couldn't protect Bo this year. So he was having to throw the ball away. So if he was getting targets, some of them were at his feet because he was running for his life. So I don't think you need to discredit Seth for anything like that because he's got the stats. He's got the build. He ran a 4-5 flat, I think, at his pro day, Mm -hmm. which is perfect. Um, So you can probably get him in round three of your rookie drafts unless I'm in the draft with you because I'm <laughs> taking him in the second round
1: so where do you have him in your in your rookie ranking Shane are, are you are you completely biased have you got him as like your wide receiver two or I've got him as wide receiver six six yeah okay I so I, I he might have him a bit higher than that if I'm honest so. <laughs> no
0: so I like the way I see it it's it's Chase or the way I've got it is Chase Devante um I think I've got Rondell Moore then Jalen Waddell and then Rashad Baben. Yeah. I think and they're the, then, the common five,
1: aren't they? I think and, and,
0: and I think so that's a group of five for me. And yeah. then for me, it's it's Seth, it's Amon Ross St. Brown, it's Diami Brown, it's uh Terrence Marshall and Elijah Moore. Moore. Yeah. Um, and I think there may be one other in that group that I'm forgetting. Um, but that's the next group of five for me. And for me, they're interchangeable. Yeah so landing spot for me is going to kind of adjust that i think and it's not like i think they're all extremely talented i think depending on where they land is going to determine how they're going to be used and if it's the right
1: situation for them yeah i think that's pretty much how how i see it shane yeah i think there's definitely for me that that top five i agree i've got that same top five and then it is all the guys you mentioned um i think marshall i've got his wide receiver six, um, St. Brown. See, I'm
0: lower on Marshall. Okay. I
1: think I've got him six at the minute. This was all obviously before we saw all the pro day stuff and yeah and everything. I think in a tier, I've got Marshall. Um, I think I've got Seth Williams in there, St. Brown and, and Elijah Moore. I think it's them four for me that they're in that next tier. So I think it just goes, just talking about these guys, that just shows how deep this, this class is this because class we're talking, is. we can go down to wide receiver nine, ten, and we're still talking about guys that, and there's the, one
0: the, guy the, that we haven't mentioned in like either of these groupings, like as the like the top ten or the sleepers, mm-hmm. that I think could also be really good, and that's Daz Newsom. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, South, and Tamori and Terry,
0: yeah. North Carolina, North Carolina, yeah. Carolina yeah, so, yeah. So there's 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 even a tier in between the guys that we're talking about now and the guys that yeah. we were talking about earlier. That's how deep this class is at wide receiver. It's so exciting.
1: <laughs> it is. All this talk is just getting me far too excited for the draft. I mean, we're getting oh, close me now, so too. let's yep. let's see where these landing spots are, and, and then we can start getting really excited. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay,
0: that wraps up our football talk, and I greatly appreciate your expertise on these sleepers. Thank you. Um, couldn't have done this episode without you. So now we're gonna hit what has been our uh, our staple for the off season, and that's gonna be your top five. So this week, it's the Masters. Mm. Love the masters. Yep. So we're sticking with that theme and we're going for our top five favorite golfers. Nice. Um, so Matt, you've got it in, you actually put this in the order on the, the show sheet for me, um, but we're going to go five to one. Yep. And I'm going to, as, as the guest,
1: I'm going to let you start. So who is your fifth favorite golfer? Right. So before I start, I feel like I, I kind of forced this one on you, didn't I, Shane? Because I absolutely love golf. It's it's right up there with with the, with the NFL for me. In you really
0: of- twisted my arm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with it being Masters Meek, I mean, it, it made sense, didn't it, that we talk about golfers. So yeah, my top five. At number five, I've got Ricky Fowler. I think he's a guy that everybody loves, Ricky. Um seems like just a, a great guy you see it everybody on the tour i think just absolutely loves ricky fowler and, and me even though i'm a brit i'm a i'm a huge fan of ricky Fowler. um I, I went actually on a trip to to st andrews to play golf and on one day we, we dressed in all the orange just like ricky so <laughs> we were walking around st andrews in the full orange gear and, and yeah i just think he's a guy that it's hard not to love him um obviously at the minute he's going through a bit of a slump right now and and his he, and he struggle has actually not even made it into the, into the masters this year, but when he's on form, he's got bags of potential and yeah, just a guy that I've, I've always been a big fan of. Yeah. Um, love that
0: guy. Love that pick. He would <laughs> remind, correct me if I'm wrong here. He, before he started golfing, he did, uh, like motocross and, and stuff like that. Right. That sounds right. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I think that's where the, uh, we'll call it the flamboyance of his, <laughs> his dress comes from, but yeah. I, I love it. Um, <laughs> Okay, so fifth for me, this is just because his name is fun um, and his nickname, I call him Biceps DeChambeau, is, is Bryson DeChambeau. Okay. The dude, like, if, this is how I play golf. Um, and I'm not nearly, to be very, very clear, I am nowhere near as good as Bryson DeChambeau or anybody on this list. I'm not good at golf at all. But my favorite club to hit is my driver. Okay. And Bryson DeChambeau can knock the freaking cover off the ball Yeah. Um, and just absolutely smoke it. So that's he. That's why he made my list um, is because of his, his sick biceps, his ability <laughs> to absolutely
1: crush the drive. Um, yeah. he's, a, he's an interesting one for me, Bryson, because I have to admit I wasn't his biggest fan when he first came on the tour with the whole mad scientist getting all these numbers yeah. and figures. I, I wasn't down for it. All the same length clubs. Yeah, I weren't buying it, but now he's just turned into an absolute animal. And the moment that he went for that green at Bay Hill the other week, when he when he drove the green, that was it. I, I became an instant fan. <laughs> Anybody that does that, that smashes it over the water on a par five like that, yeah, automatic fan. So, yeah, I think that's a, a great little pick for somebody that's that's starting to get a, a bit of fan club behind him right now.
0: Yeah. Um. So now I'm going to give you my fourth favorite golfer, mm. and this is also because of his name. This shocked me, um, this one. This definitely shocked and, me. And a little bit of honor to my dad. Um, so my dad's name is Patrick. Um, if you uh, Irish that up a little more, it's Padraig. So Padraig Harrington yeah. is my fourth favorite golfer. Um, he's to me, he was always someone who was just kind of underrated, but also mm-hmm. was always contending. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I really like him and, and he's Irish. So yeah. I've got some, some Irish in my blood, uh, with my i mean heck my name's shane patrick bear so i don't <laughs> i don't know how much more irish you can get with yeah. that name so um i'm sticking with the old irishman like Patrick
1: it. harrington i like it
0: all right who's your fourth and then your third favorite golfer
1: okay so i've gone irish again but he's more northern irish so i've gone for rory McIlroy, and that's a big deal by the way shane over oh i Andy know <laughs> that is a very big deal so i have to put it out there he's northern irish yeah rory McElroy. Um, I just think he's a very similar age to me. He's, I think he's 31, um, I'm 30, so just seeing him go through progressing being young when he was 16, 17, he was being touted as the, the next big golfing sensation and, and just seeing him build his way up through the ranks, He was it was heading towards being elite level, I think. Obviously, again, another player that's he's out of form right now, um, even this week at the Masters, he, he's just missed the cut. So it's a shame to see that, but I do think, it plays on his mind a little bit when it comes to the Masters. Obviously, we know he needs that for the the career Grand Slam. So mm-hmm. I think that always plays in his mind when it comes to the Masters. But yeah, absolutely, I, wish he I, I love Rory. Want him to
0: win win and, uh, the Masters so bad.
1: He's got to do it. I think he's got. I don't think he will do it. If I'm honest, I think it's just going to be that big block in his, in his mind that that stops him. But I really do want him to. I'm am a big fan of Rory's. Um, so then, if I move on to to my third player. Uh, I've gone for Lee Westwood. Um, I don't know if he's book. is he a big deal in over in, in America? I assume he's not. Oh, that, yeah. But as a Brit, I've got to go for I've got to go for Westwood as arguably the the best golfer that's never won a wager, talking from it from a British standpoint. Um he actually's actually from Worksop, which is which is 15 minutes from where I live. And that's actually where my dad lives as well. So the whole he's a local favourite, a guy that I can always get behind. Um and obviously growing up, he was, he was always right up there. Sadly never reached the, the heights. that I think he could have with, with the talent that he has, but yeah, just a, a local hero for me.
0: Awesome. I love that. That's so cool too. <laughs> um, totally like going back to football, but our, or my local hero, mm-hmm. I actually went to high school with Marlon Humphrey. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. He's a year younger than me. That uh, was in the class behind me. He was a, track athlete and a football player and was a superstar <laughs> um so
1: yeah. and look big look, man on look, where we are and then look where his local heroes yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> how life how life can be different <laughs> so um
0: okay so i'm gonna do my number three and then we're gonna pause because something has happened on the nightcap for the first time ever okay. and i'll tell you what that is in just a second Ooh, but so my third favorite golfer is actually your fourth favorite golfer it's rory McElroy. Yeah. um same thing kind of with the, the Irish thing, the the Northern Irish thing. <laughs> I just love Rory. Like he's just he's a good guy. He's always always, always in con- contention to to win, um, and compete for top five finishes. Um so I just love that. And he's a he's a hardcore competitor, so he's he's fun to watch. Yeah. Um and just because he he's always been that good guy, he's never really been a, a jerk to anyone, as far as I know. Um he he's just he's one of my favorites to watch. So yeah, yeah I don't really have anything no. else to add to that. Okay. okay. With that being said, for the first time <laughs> ever in Nightcap history, the top two and the top five for myself and our guest Matt are exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matt.
1: Yep. Who is who is our second favorite golfer? Well, it's got to be Jordan Spieth, has not it, Shane? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> has to exactly be. right. Yeah, for me, ah. the reason the reason why I love him, it's just his demeanor, his whole presence on the course. He's just so so laid back, but yet the talent is is unreal. He's is an absolute wizard when it comes to putting. Obviously, that's been up and down lately. He has been struggling, but it's just great to see him now bounce back. Yeah, obviously, he won last week just before the Masters, but. It's yeah, it's just the, the talent and how he just carries himself. He's he's not big headed, he's not one that, that goes around talking smack all the time. He's just it, he knows what he is, he knows what he wants to achieve and, and that's what I love about him. And then obviously if you if you follow golf enough, you you've seen him when he talks to his caddy. He's just he's just fun to watch. The, the way the things he says to his caddy grill is just it's it's just fun to watch and yeah, that's just why I like him. A nice calm calm soul on the golf course. You don't get many many players like that.
0: No, I completely agree with you. Um, I'm not going to add much else than the the reason that he's number two for me outside of what you said is similar to your uh, Rory. I think it was your Rory pick um, is Jordan Spieth and I are the same age. So we're both 26. Mm -hmm. Um, So seeing someone that's my age be that calm, cool, and collected on the golf course and consistently succeed um, is is awesome for me um and like you said he's he's just such a good guy yeah yeah. um it's hard not to root for him so um okay you did number (laughs) number two i'm gonna take number one tiger woods (laughs) wow i'll do my Uh, shock noise again (laughs) (laughs) tiger woods is what i feel like has made golf popular over the last 20 years um and luckily enough for you and me, we've grown up in that that twenty years. So mm-hmm. we've kind of grown up with the golf, where as before it, it wasn't as popular, it wasn't covered nearly as much, and we have Tiger to thank for that. He was so <laughs> dominant and so good um, in in his career before the the scandal hit that mm-hmm. it was just like, okay, Tiger's winning it, or oh, Tiger's making a comeback. <laughs> like those were, I think those were my favorite moments growing up as a kid. Is like it's the masters or the U S open or whatnot. And tiger's four strokes back starting the day. And then he just roars back from that yeah. and takes over. Um, and he, he just didn't miss miss shots when he was on. Um, so that's why I love him. Um, it's, it's sad to see where he's gone now with the, with the, the scandal and then the car accident yeah. and all those back surgeries. So I really hate that for him. Um, yeah, but, I think. Yeah, he was so much fun to watch. Yeah,
1: he's got to be the GOAT ante in golf. For me, is is the greatest to ever play the game. As you say, I just think for everything he's done, not just himself and his achievements, but what he brings to the game, that the audience he's brought, he is he is Mister Golf. He he brought all of this attention at the moment and why it's why golf's becoming more and more popular. every year. It's because of of Tiger really and what he's created. He's inspired a lot of of the guys that are on tour with him right now, and then they all look up to Tiger. Um, as you mentioned obviously the, the whole scandal and, and the back injury um, it was really sad to see but then I think because of that downfall that probably created my favourite ever sporting moment and that was when Tiger won the Masters in 2019. Yeah, Forgetting the whole everything, the whole scandal and everything, the back injuries just to see him come back and, and be able to prove that he is the man it was it was the best thing I've ever seen in in sport and as a, a huge golf fan it's 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 yeah it's just he's unreal he's an unreal golfer and everything he's done for the sport
0: yeah no love that um okay that wraps up this episode of the nightcap before we close it out wait actually no we got one more thing to do Mm -hmm. we've got to do our bottle caps wager yes um so if you've listened to the past few episodes with guests We have been asking our guests to give us a bold prediction for the 2021 season um, and wager our newly created currency on the (laughs) nightcap bottle caps. Um, So the wager can be anywhere from 10 to 100 bottle caps. (laughs) Your boy Kev wagered 100. He's, uh, he's not. He's
1: not scared of a of a little flutter. Is Kev? Uh,
0: our buddy Dom wagered twenty five. I think Nick Sarnelli wagered twenty five. So twenty five is the average. Okay. You can go up to a hundred. Um, what is
1: your bottle caps wager, sir? Well, I need. I need to know, Shane. What's the exchange rate? <laughs> because if I go hundred like Kev, I, and I lose, I mean, am I in financial trouble? Or?
0: <laughs> uh, you might be at negative a well if if, um, if, kev's, if I haven't if
1: kev's gone 100 I'm gonna after I'm gonna have to follow Kevin I'm, I'm going all in with with 100
0: all right and what are you wagering 100 bottle caps on
1: okay so I, did, I didn't know how spicy to get so I, I, have I gone spicy it feels a little spicy but I've gone for Austin Eckler finishes a top five RB in PPR scoring and I'm gonna add a little in fantasy points per game I'm gonna add that at the end because I've been burnt enough times when I've gone for hot takes and not added that when my player gets injured so I'm gonna put point in yeah if you got this down in points fantasy points per game Top. I can't
0: type it's, <laughs> it's it's a running joke with my actual job I can't type so um, all right I like it okay. um I'm gonna go just as bold nice I'm gonna match you with a hundred bottle caps so that's okay. the first time I've wagered 100 bottle caps nice. and I'm gonna bet or wager that Clyde Edwards-Alaire finishes as a top 10 running back in PPR.
1: Okay. Top 10. I feel, I feel like it could have been a little bit more spicy with that one, Shane. Cause mm, of...
0: No, because he barely finished oh. as a RB2 last year. Okay. okay. And they still signed <laughs> Daryl Williams, so he's still okay. got to beat him now. Oh, okay.
1: I'll, I'll let you off with that one then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I love it, Matt. No. It was a pleasure as usual. Um, w- before we yeah. s- close out, where can they find you on Twitter and what are you working on?
1: Yeah, so firstly, I just want to thank you, Shane, for, for having me on. Obviously, we've we've grown close over this last year with everything that's happened in the world. It's been great that I've been able to to meet somebody like yourself and, and get close with you and and be invited on your podcast. So I appreciate that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. Um, I, I produce content on there. I also produce content for fantasy football astronauts like yourself. Um, and then I've got a podcast as well. We've mentioned Kev is my co-host. And then we've also got a new co-host, um, Ali. So you can catch us on the podcast. We drop it every Tuesday. Our Twitter is at Fantasy Wildcard. We've also just had a, a big announcement. So if you don't mind, I'd just like to, to, to let all the listeners know that we're doing a stream a on the 22nd of May. Um, it's going to be 16 hours streaming covering all 32 NFL teams from a dynasty perspective. We've got loads of awesome guests on. I say awesome because yourself and, and Fox are coming on, aren't you Shane? Yes, sir. I was about so, to say that,
0: Maybe Fox are coming on.
1: <laughs> we've got some great guests coming on and it's all for, for a great charity, which is mind. Um, and they support people suffering from mental illness. And I just think with, as I say, with everything that's gone on this, this last year, it's a, it's a, a situation that's, that's quite big. And, and I think it, it needs a little bit of support behind it, so I'm 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 super excited to be able to support somebody like like Mind and, and raise a little bit of money for charity. Um, it'd be great if if anybody could donate. I think because we've got it tagged on our uh, pinned to our Twitter, so you can find out all the, the guests that we've got coming on and, and also the the page where you can donate. And yeah, I just just wanted to, to shout that
0: one out. Absolutely, thank you for for coming on this podcast. Thank you for inviting us um, on y'all streamathon. We're both looking forward to that. Um, Fox will kind of be getting <laughs> getting rolling again here soon yeah. with the the triplets. So mm-hmm. glad to have him back. Um, but that finishes the show. And with that, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Nightcap. Follow myself at ffshaneb and follow Fox at CarbonFox underscore ff thank you for listening to the fantasy nightcap where we serve you fantasy advice straight no chaser